Welcome to the Holocord Podcast. week's episode of the Holocord podcast. I'm here with Bill Riley. What's up? And Dan Steinman, a.k.a. the Pepperoni Zamboni. How <laughs> 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 are you? Oh, <laughs> you guys will soon oh, understand great. why these nicknames are so funny, but um, <laughs> let's just say Dan Steinman has a Fierce, intense love for pizza, and these nicknames are just very true. <laughs> it's basically all he eats is fucking pizza. Not true, but it is my favorite. <laughs> it's, it's only not true when I cook you and Melissa dinner. That's uh, only when it's crazy. not true. <laughs> what do you have tonight for dinner? Oh, tonight was pizza night. Of course, <laughs> but that's not a fair question, Bill. <laughs> Of course, it's a fair question. Well, how are you going to ask me on pizza night? When's the last time you had pizza, other than tonight? Uh, probably about a week ago. I don't believe you. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> when does your week end? In your head. Because a week ago could be, like, past or before Friday. No, last weekend. My weekend's on Sunday. I don't believe you. Starts on Monday. I just don't. When does your week start? I don't know. I was just trying to see if you were getting around <laughs> the question of uh, when you had pizza last. Why would I do he that? had pizza, pizza Monday, <laughs> Wednesday. Because you're denying the fact that you don't eat uh, Friday don't eat for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And today for lunch and dinner. No, I wish. Pizza's that good. I would totally eat it that often. <laughs> so there we go. The pepperoni zamboni. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that pepperoni. <laughs> so, uh, what's the topic that we're going to talk about today? Let's go. Uh, if you could make your own super group band, who would be in it and why? It's an interesting question. Oh, I love this. So, uh, who's going first? I'll go first. I don't care. <clears throat> that works. Tell you what, uh, I'll start. Who's singing? Gotta go Randy Blythe, Lamb of God. <laughs> I think we're gonna go down the metal rails here. That dude is just super versatile vocally. You know, super high pitched screams, but clear. Right. All the way down to gut-wrenching, guttural lows, also super clear. That's what I love about him. No matter what the vocal range, uh, he enunciates everything, and he's very easy to understand. Um, but, yeah, got to love the aggression coming out of that dude's voice. It's power, pure I power. I can't be mad at that. Um, if I had to pick, I'm going to pick two guitarists here. All right. Uh, I'm going to say... Dimebag Daryl absolutely has to be. Not surprised at that one at all. 
guitars of all time. Um, I think for me, in my opinion, I mean, he changed metal music. If not for me, I think everybody, even, you know, up and comers, I mean, there's no, uh, still nobody to this day that even sounds remotely like him, I don't think. I completely agree. He definitely yeah. changed the way metal guitars I mean, those dive guitar. bomb, those dive bomb squeals, man, like oh. nobody's doing that in the middle of songs and, right. you know, uh, you know, I think I like that he can actually make a guitar talk, you know, kind of like how Eddie Van Halen does. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just super, like, heavy. Just heavy. And yeah, there was things he could do with a guitar that just yeah, no other human being could like do. just like a riff monster. Right. Um, you know, love him. And he played effortlessly. Yeah, you know, love him. Yeah, no matter what, he was just out there having fun. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Get your pull. <laughs> uh, second guitarist, gonna go to ha- have to go. Jeff Hanneman from Slice. Good duo. It's a good duo. Here's the thing: is I'm thinking Jeff Hanneman for speed quality, and not just speed, but clarity while playing fast too. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another riff monster. I also don't think he gets as much credit, or got as much credit in that band uh, with Slayer. He didn't. Right. He was definitely outshot you by know, Kerry King. Yeah. Kerry without, King, without question. You know, Kerry King's great and all. You know. He's not that great. Yeah, I would say he's that great um, compared to Hanneman. I mean, Hanneman was just... It's a riff beast. Yeah, amazing. Um, definitely a te- uh, technical dude. I think he would also complement Dime Style well in a band. So. Yeah, I think that duo would be a, a very wise team. Um, tell you what, though, I, I almost went Zach Wilde here. <laughs> Couldn't be mad at that either. You no, know, not at all. Them two, like pretty much being like brothers. Yeah, that you know would I mean? be such an amazing. But I thought if I did that, it might have been um, too obvious. Right. You know what I mean? Plus, I, I could see where you're going. I could yeah. both. I could also see them both trying to outshine each other. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah it would that, be a, that could a happen. Pissing match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, especially like when they. You know, when Diamond's alive and back when Zach drank a lot. Right. Um, you know, it, I could see it probably could have gotten ugly very fast. The yeah. party could affect the right. the music. That's possible, you I know, guess. I, you know, Hanneman was always kind of shined as more of a rhythm guitarist anyway. Um, but still think within Slayer, Hanneman's better than Kerry. That's my opinion. Right. Um, bass player-wise, you guys might be a little surprised here. <laughs> I'm going to have to say Steve Harris, our mate. Nice. That's exactly what I was thinking there. I, uh, <laughs> I'm actually not really surprised. So, if you're going to pick any bass player in metal, it's him. Even though he's, he's from a different type of metal. Yeah, I then dime the, and uh, the guys Adam just and, wild. I mean, yeah. it was a close call. Another one in this one with me wanting to pick Cliff really bad. Okay, you know, as far as being okay. a metal bassist, um, but Steve Harris just an animal. 
and still, you know, a, a guy from that era, even up until now, doesn't use a pick ever. Mm-hmm. You know, but what is it, uh, Robert Trujillo? How do you say right. Robert, Robert Trujillo? Yeah, I mean, he's another one, but and he's like a pretty crazy bass player. Mm-hmm, for sure. But for what I'm going for, which is a lot of speed, right? Um, Which you're going to get from Steve Harris. Yeah, Steve Harris is right there. For sure. He could keep up up with Hanneman and and Dimebag. Yeah, and I think Steve Harris, as old as he is now, could whoop on a lot of these young guys. (laughs) Teach him a thing or two. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Going on to the drummer. uh, If none of you have guessed this yet, it's uh, Mr. Mike Portnoy. Either, I want to say craziest metal drummer of all time uh, as far as technicality, speed, um, and just stage presence as well. Um, I think that if he wasn't in Dream Theater, which I felt like Dream Theater was a super group, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're just very, very... Absolutely. Very, they're a super group by default. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very technical. Every um, one of those guys are just and like you see, like Portnoy's jumped from band to band to band after Dream Theater. Yeah, um, and I think the reasons why none of the projects have lasted very long is because Portnoy outshines. Right, everybody. none of the other musicians that he's playing with are capable of what Dream Theater is capable of. Right, no, and I, mean, I think you talk drum technicality. They're just he's, different levels of musicians. Yeah. Right, and like he's another one. He's just like doesn't get tired, mm-hmm. can just keep going and going an and going and yeah. going. He's a machine. Um, but yeah, I think you know Portnoy is also another guy that has just paved the way for mm-hmm. metal drummers today too. For sure. And you know, I don't think you'd still, maybe you'd still hear like your Chris Adler, my name of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, you're Richard Christie. Right. He opened the door for a lot of guys. Yeah, now. but, like, like drummers out there now today, even in, you know, our uh, era of, I guess, like our generation of metal, which I guess you would consider, like, Lamb of God. Right. Uh, right, the know, bands that we grew up listening to. Slipknot, stuff like that. Like, Joey Jordison, another made his amazing, you yeah. know, drummer. Uh, but I definitely think... You know, without Portnoy, I don't think any of these guys would be where they are. But I think that's with any metal musician in our, at least, uh, age group. Yeah. And I think all, we're all influenced by, like, the guitar players are Bertucci and the drummers are Mike Portnoy. Like, you can never get around that. Right. And I think, I want to say probably any time I've ever come across, like, a drumming magazine. Mm-hmm. You'd always see something about Portnoy. Right, right. If he's not on the cover of it, he's mentioned in it somewhere. Right. So uh, if Portnoy's in the drum draft, I'm picking him. So like number one pick, <laughs> drummer, one pick. Portnoy. That's fair. Like that. That would be a pretty nasty band. I agree. It'd be crushing, for sure. I agree. I'd love to hear yeah. something like just that. Don't, I just away. don't know what the group's name could be. 
Like it would have to be something. Holy shit, that's what it would be called. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, face annihilator. (laughs) So anybody else in the band, or was that it? No, that's it, and I think... uh, You kidding me? That band couldn't take anybody else. (laughs) Right. You know, I I think uh, with that band, I don't know, everybody would just quit. You know, everybody (laughs) would quit writing music at that point. There would only need to be one band on this earth. I like it. I think um, you would encompass a lot with that. All right. So I think I'll go next. <clears throat> okay. You guys are going to be really surprised with my picks. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm definitely <laughs> curious to see what you've had some time to think so, about. So growing up listening to metal and basically start, I mean, it was you, Vinny, who uh, really got me into metal music. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but I, as I'm getting older, don't even really like to listen to metal anymore. Like, I still love it, but, like, I, I just not like it was to me back then. So I've grown into different, listening to different genres. So my first pick for drums is Jack Boyd. Okay. All right. Now, most people know Jack Boyd is a guitar player and a singer. Well, in the band Dead Weather, he plays drums. Right. And he's nasty. Right. Absolutely. He's an all-around musician. He, he is. Right, he is. and he's phenomenal. He's, like, he's my favorite guitar player, I was telling Steinman earlier. But I'd rather have him on drums. And I want him on drums because I have people who I prefer on guitar. But I also want him in the band because of his songwriting capabilities. Yeah, his and, influence on any group of his people vocals. would have to be just right. so incredibly amazing. Absolutely. All right. I just, I don't know. If, if I was in a band with Jack White and he was the drummer... I probably wouldn't stay in the band. I'm only just saying just because I could just see him being a dickhead drummer. And I think we've we've all dealt with those. And I don't know if like certain you know I don't get certain that vibe. people or drummers in general maybe just have this ego. I know what you mean. But you know. I definitely know what you based mean. Based off my opinion, I mean I just had some pretty rough Drummers, yeah. Drummers. <laughs> yeah. We all have. We've all been there. I could, men- I could mention one name in particular. Don't have to. And I'm not going to. <laughs> just, I'll just give you a hint. I had to slap him in the face before a show. <laughs> so you're talking about that guy? I thought you talking about somebody else. No, the other guy I like, and you know, we're all still really good friends with him, so it's okay. I still thought you were talking about somebody else. <laughs> if you're talking about that certain person, mm-hmm. he could still go fly a Yeah, that's fine. It's being a six foot hole. All right. Uh, so, uh, guitar player Claudio Sanchez from Coheed and Cambria. It already. Alright. Um, he definitely bridges the gap between metal and like a hard rock kind of vibe and like he would mesh well with Jack White. Like just his riffs. Um, and the reason I also picked him is because of his vocals. So I'm thinking of like a... And his afro. And his afro. Well that goes without saying. I'm thinking of a band that has multiple vocalists. 
right. and they can all harmonize with each other. I like, like it. I'm, like, I don't know if you've guys seen uh, uh, In Waves by Trivium. All three of their members are so their guitarist, uh, Matt Heafy, the guitar and singer, and the bassist, Paolo. Uh, in that song, they do three different vocal parts, and they're all singing separate shit. And it's unreal. And I'm thinking, hmm. I'm like, how many more bands could do that? Right. Yeah, there's not many. Right. So, uh... That's an interesting take on it, for sure. I would love to see another band that could pull that off. Right. So, yeah, it's Claudius Sanchez of uh, Coheed and Cambria. He also does a side project called The Prize Fighter Inferno, hmm. which is really good. That's a sweet-ass name. Yeah, so I was really torn between uh, having one guitarist... Hmm. Just one guitarist, because I love the dynamic of just one guitar player. He has to right. make things fuller. Like right. you can't rely on like a crutch of a second guitar player. Right. It allows for a lot of creativity. Right. And it also allows the bass player to shine. Yeah, so absolutely. like I would probably just have one guitar player. But if I had to have a second guitar player, it'd be Mike Enziger from Incubus. He's always very got a minimalistic, very... but not minimalistic at the same time. Right. Like it's, there's so much going on, but so little, and it just makes the song so full. And like every one of Incubus's songs are amazing. So. Right. He's got a very different take on music than a lot of other people. It'd be a really cool. Right. He approaches songwriting completely different from everybody else. Right. Really cool attribute to have. I like it. What else you got? Uh, so I was torn between bass players. Uh, this was like probably the hardest decision of them all but I have uh, Dark Lance from Incubus that was one of the choices Rob DeLeo from Stone Temple Pilots because he's nasty yeah and uh, Sting from The Police Roxanne probably oh <laughs> your mind, but he's, yeah. he's a great bassist that's a huge shocker right he's always recognized as being a good bassist I don't like The Police so I mean, I, I only like on a few one. songs from The Police. Right. But him as a bass player is a completely separate entity. Right. Yeah. Like, I agree. I mean, if I have to hear Sandy Gowden SOS <laughs> one more time, <laughs> someone's going to have to help me right. off the concrete after I blow my brains but, out. <laughs> so I chose my bass players on knowing how to be a bass player. Right. Knowing how to ride the drums and, and follow the beat and like keep, keep it separate from what the guitars are doing. And all those bassists can do that. But I, um, I ultimately went with Ryan Martin from Mudvayne. Right. I can take that. Might be the nastiest bass player, uh, one of the nastiest bass players in metal. Very interesting sure. choice. And I think he would mesh well with Mike and uh, Claudio. I think so. I could Just the that. song Happy. I don't know if you ever watched the music yeah. video for that song. I've, yeah. yeah it it's is a great song. Unreal. His bass blinds in that. Yeah, he's he's another one. Yeah. He's an animal. Just doesn't he get the credit. The he doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't get, get any credit, credit at all. Yeah, none. 
you know. But that dig video. <laughs> right, but he knows how to be a bass player. Right. And he knows how to do it well. Right, and yeah, he keeps it all together. He's, he's never out of place with things. He's, he's a very tight instrumentalist. Right, and I'm not even really a fan of Mudvayne. I'm just a fan of him as a musician. Right. All right, so uh, vocals. Oh, no, I'm going to go with keyboards. Drew Stavola from Mutiny Within. He always adds to Right, he's song. one of the best piano players in metal and like heavy music. Right. I mean, and not only that, sure. but his piano parts are just beautiful. Are yeah. they still playing together? Still recording records. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I know that. Thing. And that's, that's still the same lineup minus uh, Dan Jacobs, their guitar player. Oh, well, if you guys are yeah. still in Jersey, you never want to jam. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's rip. Yeah. The drummer Bill Forrest playing for uh, Angel Vivaldi. Oh, nice. Yeah, and Chris Clancy, the singer, is just recording covers on Facebook, <laughs> from what I can tell. But they still work on a record every once in a while. Anywhere you can get your doll. Right. They do it. All right, so vocals, this was tough, too. And uh, so if I had to pick a male vocalist, it would have been Anders from Inflames. one sing him and the vocals of Claudio and the vocals combined. of Mike and the vocals of Jack White combined just just imagine that yeah that would be an unreal harmony like blow people away but yeah, uh, harmonization between that many members doesn't happen that well since yeah, what, Crosby, yeah, Stills, not, Nash and Young, right, you know what not I mean? That many like people it's, it's can decades sing. between bands that really pull it off so amazingly. I right. guess you're not really gonna see any like drunken assholes at this super group show. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my show and everybody's gonna be getting a pull. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, whiskey on tap. The whole it would be like a requirement to be fucked up at your show. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's massive drinking yeah. involved. But uh, <laughs> I didn't go with him. Because I prefer a female singer. I just, the female singers just, they're easier to the ear for me. I just love them. Mm. So I have three female singers in mind. One was Samantha Urbani from this band called Friends, which I know you guys range is just unreal yeah. right like she has a beautiful voice as well it's just it's very provocative very yeah but like just imagine her voice with she could blend well with a lot of those right with a lot of those voices yeah absolutely yeah. i could see that 
I guess I see not just guys going to the show. You probably see a lot of like probably um, women that would look up to her too going to shows oh, for like sure. that. Yeah. Yeah, when she was in her band she had since quit, um or they broke up, but it was mostly females at their shows. Um and then uh my other choice was Hallie Williams and Karen. Nothing compares to Okay. She's awesome. But I ultimately went with uh, Sarah Barthel of Fanagram. So I picked her because out of all the female singers that I picked, she is the most gritty in terms of her style. Like the like Haley Williams and the girl Samantha are like more like bubblegum rock, like right. bubblegum pop type, type singers and like she it. just has like this level of grit to her that would mesh so well with like Jack White and, and Claudio. Like she just fits in. Okay. Like I, I feel like their voices might have went with it, but not their like style and attitude and right. lyric writing, like. Yeah, way different approaches in that group of people. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but that would be an interesting group to sit in a room and write something for sure. Right. It kind of makes me sad that this is never gonna happen. <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. Maybe I'll just uh, I'll send them an email. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what do you got, Simon? All right. So, my group, big surprise here. Slash. had to pick Slash. I mean, he's an animal. He's just, his style, he's, he's so, he's got that greasy, nasty, hard-hitting, blues-driven rock and roll. Right. That's that's what he brings. He's just so amazing. And, Which, uh, uh, you've been in the Slash since you were uh, yeah, in I the womb. Guns N' Roses' so like, favorite yeah. band since, you know, forever. I don't even know when that started, but it was a long, long time. Easy choice. <laughs> I think we knew that was coming. Yeah, for sure. But uh, now I'm I'm thinking like a, I, I guess like a harder rock with like a bluesy edge, and mm-hmm. I, I still want them to have the ability to go acoustic too. Like I want okay. guys that are familiar with that territory and not just, you know, turn it up to ten and, and crank it all night. Right. But. Warren Haynes from uh, the Allman Brothers Band and Government. 
so Warren Haynes is just another one that has an incredible style. Hard blues guy. Yeah, he's definitely heavily blues influenced for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think him and Slash could play well. Right, right. I, yeah, I think he's the type of guy. Uh, you feel his guitar playing. Oh, you absolutely. Feel the emotion. In absolutely. It. When he's got something to say with a guitar, he can surely do it. I mean, he sings with Government Mule, and he's an amazing vocalist, which is why I, I picked him as well, yeah. because I'd like to see him play off of my other singer slash brings the grit and then he brings the soul right right I like where this is going so far yeah i mean it's just I, that duo was just seemed like a natural pair to me and then on bass i picked uh i kind of came out of nowhere i picked sam kiska from greta van fleet Just because, I mean, the classic influence, you know what I mean? He's, I feel like he would fit in well with with those guys on guitar. Why don't you just pick John Paul Jones? I, you, know, <laughs> you know, I had a hard time not. But, but I mean, I think he's just a, a natural fit with these guys, and I think that could really produce Again, some why interesting why didn't you just sounds. pick John Paul yeah. Jones? Minus the fact that he can't, like... At least there wouldn't be, an, like, a generation gap there. Right. I, I thought of that, but I want to... He I also, like, can't with... he can't go get a drink with them. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's 19. Yeah, he's, he's 19. So there's a huge, huge age gap there. But I think he's got a lot of potential. Still a lot of... A lot of growth can happen with him. That's definitely not a bad pick. Yeah, no, I, I don't see it as a bad pick. I, I do think John Paul Jones would have been an amazing fit, but I was going with living band members, if, too. If everybody in Led Zeppelin was dead, I would believe they were the reincarnation of Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would start to believe in reincarnation. Right. Yeah, and yeah, just, for just sure. A quick sidetrack, didn't they say... Uh, they were on some show and they were talking about uh, who their influences were and Led Zeppelin didn't even come up. <laughs> well, I Why think that one goes it? without saying. That's just such a natural... Like, they didn't even mention Led Zeppelin. And... Sounding like that, you don't even have to anymore. <laughs> right. It's going to be like, oh, you're not going to tell me that... It's all right, because Robert Plant said in an interview, like, he mentioned them, he's like, this is the band that stole from, like, my style. <laughs> like they mentioned Greta Van Fleet in the interview and he's like oh yeah that, that band that stole what I do right like he, he acknowledged it <laughs> so even he knows like Robert Plant's not stupid they sound right. so much like them right. but still I mean, I mean you they're an amazing band deny that all day yeah. like, but they're still, oh, they're still an great. amazing band yeah they do what they, they they make their own Led Zeppelin songs very well <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're like no offense. I mean, I do like them, but I consider them like the kids' Bob version of Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I can't agree more. <laughs> all right, all right. Still a good choice. <laughs> so, drums. I had a hard time picking because I didn't know who I wanted to carry the backbeat for all this. And I thought, you know, somebody that, that had to have done a lot of different things before, a lot of different genres... And I picked Matt Cameron from uh, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. 
know he's done I mean going out with Pearl Jam he's covered so much music throughout the, the decades and uh, he's just got a, a phenomenal style super tight drummer just a, a great I, what I thought would be a great addition to that band and then uh, for vocals Brent Smith from China <laughs> Dude's got pipes. He just—he's got such a soulful sound. I didn't see that coming, but I'm not surprised at all. Right. I just—I knew that was coming just because I know you. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what—I'm not mad at it. Because <laughs> um, I'll tell you what—if the day ever came where, you know, I kept practicing my vocals, um, <clears throat> I remember thinking like the first time I heard. Brent Smith and Shine Down. I was like, that's how I want my voice to be. Right, right. If I was a singer, I'd think I would want to emulate he's, his style. He's another one that's just full blown power. Right. Just for sure. Insane. For sure. That Mama guy has, you know, and being to see him live. I mean, he could phenomenal. really carry any band he's in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude's just got so much to say, and he has an amazing stage presence. I've seen him several times. Super positive. Dude. Oh, yeah. For sure. For like sure. Like it. Right. He's pretty nasty bands. <laughs> really even more sad that this isn't happening. Yeah, right? But, I mean, it's just just imagine if it did. I <laughs> oh, the world would turn upside down. Dude. For sure. Yeah. For sure. The musical I'm... world would be... I mean, these would be the only three bands ever. Yeah, it'd be yeah, here. That would be just, yeah. just so incredible. I already kind of want to get my musical playlist together, like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you guys feel about covers? Like cover songs? Like, I'm always open to a good cover. Yeah. Always open to one. It depends. I'm one of those people that if it doesn't live up to the original, mm-hmm. even if it is their own rendition... Um, if it doesn't make me feel like the original does or better, mm-hmm. can't fuck with it. Right. Just can't. <laughs> I mean, because there's some terrible covers out there. Oh, of course. Absolutely. But there's some incredible covers. So just do you want to hear the cover done the exact way the band wrote it? Not necessarily. I mean, I like hearing people do their own spins mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> on... You know, other people's songs and stuff like that. But, I mean, if it's just horrific, I mean, I can't. I just can't. (laughs) (laughs) Covers or not. (laughs) It's either you do or you don't. You definitely have to pay your respects when you do it. Yeah, I mean, I've heard some... You can't just trash somebody else's song. But, I mean, I think as a musician, you're encouraged and you certainly have the right to take your own... Your own viewpoint on the song, I guess I'll say. 
Are there any covers that you have specifically that are complete garbage? Um, not that I could think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't think I've ever heard one that's like just trash. Yeah, I'm trying to think of one right now that is just complete garbage. They totally exist. They totally They definitely exist. exist. Yes, Diamond, look something up real quick. <laughs> because I I know that I heard one recently, and I was just like, ugh. So while he's looking something up, I have a few cover songs that like I'm very, very fond of. And uh, I have like three that are in like my favorites. So... What's your? I want to know what your top one is. My top one. What's the like, that one? And I don't know because they, dude, all three of them are pretty like they're neck and neck for different reasons. Uh, so I guess my top one would be uh, Obadiah Parker covering Hey Ya. My baby, don't mess around because she loves me so, and this I know for sure. But does she really wanna? Stand to see me walk out the door I can't stand to fight the feeling Cause the thought alone is killing me right now I thank God for mom and dad for sticking to And he did an acoustic version of it And he did it completely different from Outkast And if you listen to the Outkast version of Hey Ya the lyrics are pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. But they put it in a happy... Right, on an, like, on an upbeat melody, yeah. Right, and it becomes happy. Like, right. you don't even listen to the lyrics. Like, you're just happy listening to the song. But when you hear the guy, Obadiah Parker, sing it, like... It's, yeah, I it's mean... Sad it's sad, and, and... I mean, it's nice to listen to, but it's it I encapsulates the, the real meaning of them lyrics. The original is subliminal. Right, and they probably did it on purpose, but I like to hear that other version. So I like to hear the complete opposite of. It's nice to hear a different take on the same thing sometimes. Right, just different a different artist's interpretation of of somebody else's song. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I found a top ten list of the worst cover songs ever. Number one. Let me just hear the first, like, just a few of them. Oh, yeah. Just, I'm just going to do the first two. Just run through them. Right. Number one is Smells Like Teen Spirit, Miley Cyrus covering Nirvana. Yeah. I actually recently seen that on YouTube. And Miley, stop. <laughs> just stop. That's All one right. I'll have to check out. How about I Love Rock and Roll, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts? Redone by Britney Spears. Haven't heard it, so I can't say that I hate it, but if it's on that list, it must be pretty if bad. If it's on that list, that's probably why we haven't heard it. Have you heard it? <laughs> no. No. Oh, and isn't Joan Jett's not the originator of that song either? So she must recreate Joan Jett's version of that song? No, I thought Joan Jett wrote that one. I don't believe so. I'll check that one next, but one more on here is Chop Suey, the System of a Down song covered by Avril Lavigne. Wake up! Where's the name of the kids on the table? Get out. <laughs> I don't think anybody should cover that song. Get out right now. No. 
That's just not one of those songs you cover. It's so oh, unique. Here's one you don't cover. Here's one more. I lied. I'm going to do one more. Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, covered by Kanye West. That's no business covering Atrocious. That. Shouldn't have happened. Just flat out should not have happened. So, you could cover Bohemian Rhapsody, but you need to know how to sing. You but need to know how to sing. Those are big shoes to fill. Right. I mean, actually, in, in every aspect. You can't auto-tune your way through that, that fucking song. There's no, no. way. Um, who's, how did he even cover that? Who's the guy that's been torn with Queen... That's been Adam Lambert. Adam Lambert. Adam Lambert. Yeah. yeah, incredible. He's yeah. I mean, if somebody was going to replace, that's what Freddy, I mean. I think he's got it. Like, I think he does a very good yeah. job. Yeah, I mean, I think he needs to lay off the uh, mascara a little. <laughs> but other than that, vocally, hey, I mean, that's his stunning. style. That's how he he is. And you know what? In that's what I mean. He's somebody that if he wasn't in the band, he could cover the song and get away with it. Right, for sure. And I think uh, I think. The vocalist from Mutiny Within also did a cover version. Not really a cover version, but a vocal cover. Like right. Just singing over the song, and he did That's really well. That's impressive. I would because like to hear that Because he's one. a phenomenal vocalist. Oh, yeah, And I'm, I'm cool with that, but Kanye West auto-tunes his fucking life. <laughs> I don't want to hear Kanye West cover that. So what's the verdict on the Joan Jett song? Okay, so Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll was in 1981. There's a listing, I Love Rock and Roll, by the Arrows in 1975. I believe that that is the original. So Britney Spears did a cover of a cover. Correct. It seems that way. But I believe by Arrows, <clears throat> that's the original, and then Joan Jett made her own spin on that song. And then that's her version is what basically turned into an anthem you know yeah especially for female musicians right similar to the joe cocker song um with a little help from my friends it was a beatles Beatles song um but his version is the most known song oh yeah yeah that one for sure and he does it so much better like he he does it's another one of those things where um he encapsulates the true meaning of the lyrics in his performance. He just has such like he just, soul he has in a pain his voice. His voice yes. That goes so well with them lyrics. He does. He really does. So, uh, what's your favorite cover song, Stan? My favorite cover song is, of course, by my favorite band. It's Knocking on Heaven's Door. Feels like I'm knocking on Heaven's Door. surprise there's a lot of songs that i came up with but that's i mean it's far and away my favorite because it's such a cool rendition on a song that's been done several times in the past right and it totally it takes a whole new approach to the other two three four versions that that most people can name i mean there's been countless versions done but there's two or three prior to guns and roses take on it that, mm-hmm. that people would know and they still just had a whole new take on it that, that knocked it out of the park I right. thought so awesome when you like when you love a song so much and then you get to hear it in a new light right like it's it's awesome 
There's also just a lot of people that love to cover Bob Dylan in general. <laughs> well, Dylan's an amazing artist, man. I mean, he gets props so, from everywhere. How many people covered fucking Africa? <laughs> that has to be up there for the most covered song ever. That's one By Toto, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, everyone's covered that fucking song. Yeah. <laughs> but not everybody gets the lyrics right, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> That's me. You can't do that. You can't cover a song and not get the lyrics right. Yeah, you have to. Well, I don't know. Who Look fucked at Aaron up the Lewis. lyrics? A lot of his covers. He's out there making up words and humming along with stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just he's with, a riot when he does that. I used to get into an argument with, I'm not going to mention your name on here, but she, it was a Toto song. It's called Hold the Line. Mm-hmm. And I could have swore she said, say either. Uh, think she used to say borderline or toe the line or whatever it is and she would sing it the wrong way just to make me angry (laughs) (laughs) and i kept telling her like listen hold the line you know hold the line (laughs) love isn't always on time you know yeah and i'm like don't don't ruin this (laughs) it's my fucking song (laughs) it's not even that it's my song it's like you know I just remember like being in the car with my dad. My dad actually used to sing it wrong too. <laughs> my dad actually used to say "toe the line" or something that didn't make sense. So this, so this, and my mom was like, uh, "Babe, it's told the line." So this lyric mishap has just been plaguing your whole life, <laughs> right? <laughs> like the plague. <laughs> but uh, not gonna lie, there, Simon. Uh, you know, I'm sure people out there know that you know we prepare for this podcast. Um, and when we were talking about uh, wanting to do this bit and you know trying to guess each other's mm-hmm. cover songs, like, oh, what are you going to pick? What are you going to pick? What are you going to pick? You know. And I was talking to Bill the other day, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I guarantee you, Steinman picks "Knocking on Heaven's Door." Oh, it's a yeah. no-brainer. <laughs> I mean, absolutely no-brainer. I was like, he's either going to pick "Knocking on Heaven's Door," "Guns and Roses." Right. I got three, so let's see how many you can get. You got three. Okay. I got three. I'm, a, I'm the only one that... I, I have one, but I was torn between two, but let me hear the rest of yours. You don't want to guess them? I'm going to guess one, <laughs> and I thought it's going to be another Bob Dylan cover, and I was thinking all along the Watchtower, Ooh. Jimi Hendrix. I thought of it, but no. Okay. I wasn't... It's funny because I talked to him this morning and I mentioned it on the phone <laughs> just to see his reaction. Like I wanted to hear what he like, see if I could get it out of him. Nah, nah, wasn't. I didn't take that route. I actually went with uh, Disturbed, covering Sound of Silence. And in the naked light I saw ten thousand people, maybe more. People talking. I think it's a great song. I said I he's man, either going to pick Knocking on Heaven's Door, All Along the Watchtower, and Sound of Silence. <laughs> but, but you'll never get the last one. 
Um, well, I want to hear why you picked Sound of Silence. I just thought they, they did an amazing funny, job. Funny, the girl I went on a date with Friday night, um, I told her about like what Everything we were doing. Going on. Yeah, I told her about the subject matter of the podcast, and she picked that song. <laughs> they yeah. disturbed Sound of Silence. Right. I mean, like, even if you look on YouTube right now, of like, you know, top 20, like, mm-hmm. best covers of all time, like, they're in there. Yeah. And oh, close sure. to the top. I mean, my cover's in there, too. <laughs> but, <clears throat> um, David Draymond vocally just did such a good job yeah. on that song. I mean, there's, there's just no denying. If you were going to, that's a tough one to cover in general. And I'm not going to lie, I thought, like, in your super group, too, I was like, he's going to have somebody fucking weird, like Art Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suspected it to be a little more weird and obscure, too, for yeah. you. Yeah, I took, I, I went through a couple of different renditions, and that's just the one that I settled on. Now, ask me next week, that list could be totally different. Right, right gonna, now. So, I mean, so for the people listening and who don't know Steinman, he's from, like, the 1960s. Like, that's <laughs> where he belongs. He belongs between the 1960s and the 1970s. <laughs> that's just where he's at. So I, we, I think it, Vinny it was thinking the I same thing. Yeah, we were thinking that you would have more people from from that era. Now, I knew I would surprise you with those picks, but it was definitely, uh, definitely a hard decision, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised that you didn't also pick Eddie Vedder as a vocalist. <laughs> you know, and like, I love Eddie, mm-hmm. but I couldn't stand every song. They'd be like, oh, the next day, the next time I'm going to see you. I love Eddie, but I already got Matt from Pearl Jam, so I was trying not to use two people from the same band. I, I tried to put a couple of rules on myself just to I, make this. I, I was going to do that, too, with Dirk Lance and uh, Mike Inziger from Incubus. Right. I was like, i got to pick one of them. And, and right. I'm, all, I'm also surprised that you didn't pick Lane Staley. That would have been a really interesting choice. He could have really done some interesting work with them. But I don't know, man. Something about Brent Smith said, like, if, if that band was ever a reality, I feel like Brent would take such an incredible road with them. I feel like that would be just two soulful vocalists really going at it. They could trade off verses. They could right, harmonize right. with each other. I feel like there's so many ways to attack a song with those two. I'm with it. Who's your third cover? I'm a Believer by Smash Mouth. Really? <laughs> You're lying. I told you you wouldn't see that one coming. That was left field. I thought they that did a great right job. Out of left field. I mean, listen to the monkeys and then listen to Smash Mouth. They totally brought it up You're at right. the times. They did such a good job and it was like such a, a fun time party song. They they did do a good job doing it. <laughs> but I was not expecting No, nah, I knew you that. wouldn't expect that one either. Which is good. I'm glad there was one in there I wasn't expecting. So, yeah, so I only picked one, but I, I was torn between another one, too, that like really hits home for me as far as cover songs go. Right. And the one that I didn't pick um, that was like a close runner-up. I think I know what your second one is, and I, that's one I should have thought of as well. Right, was Dio. Holy Diver covered by Kill Switch Engage.
<laughs> Which is a brilliant thing. Brilliant. Love that song in general, but to tell you what, as far as the guitar solo compared to the original and the new one, the new one just goosebumps every time. Close it over. <laughs> went with was her Johnny Cash I hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real the needle there's a hole. The old Originated by Nine Inch Nails. Uh, that one, I, I saw. I didn't listen to it, but I did see like, I a, a video when I was looking up covers. I do like that one a lot. That one was um, one, and it's, it became relatable to me. I mean, um, mm-hmm. not just recently, but, you know, over time. Um, and I've always liked Johnny Cash, uh, but something about his delivery with that song mm-hmm. actually makes you feel it more. Um, you know, when Trent Reznor sings it, it's great. You know, mm-hmm. I love the Nine Inch Nails version of it too. Um, Johnny Cash's version for me is just a little bit more painful, and you know. He when he, de- when he delivers it, I feel it for sure. Yeah. So it's one of those songs that really encap- like the performance encapsulates the lyrics, right? Absolutely. And it's like a lot better than the original version, and which I love those those type of songs. You right? know, and it's it's very simple and just him right. and a guitar. I I believe there may be some piano in there. Um, I'd have to like actually listen to it again all the way through, but that was the one that came to mind for me. Um, that I was just like, "Wow, you know, that's a song that really makes me feel different." Right, obvious, great that's awesome. cover. Yeah, it's the same that the Obadiah Parker "Hey Ya" version like makes me feel like right. I just I feel like I'm listening to a whole new song, but it's so familiar because I love the original. Right. And the See, I like familiarity a lot of different covers that I have of it. Checking out I don't know if that, Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> I also like when a band does a different version of their own song. That's always cool too. Right. So the the electronic band Larue, their song "In for the Kill." Are you guys familiar? Of course. Their song you've probably heard on the radio. They did a lounge version of it. <laughs> facebook.com slash the hollowboard podcast and also leave us a comment and let us know what you think is your favorite cover um, and maybe let us know what you think another cover would be that you just think is straight trash that should have just been left alone 
we'd like to hear your feedback. So both them versions uh, really show the diversity of the band and really show that they're not a one-dimensional type of band, which is cool, but it gives you a different feeling when you listen to each one. Right, absolutely. And I think that's like a really cool thing that more bands should do. They should do different versions of their songs. Um, and not just like a, an acoustic version, but they should really go like... Outside right, maybe take it to a different style as well. Like. Right, because that, that's kind of what they did. They're, right. they're an electronic band, but they're like, you know what, let's like do a jazzy lounge version type of song. And right. It's the same song, same lyrics, same melody. Right. Like You feel like you're listening to the same song, but it's, it's a completely different feeling. You know what it's time for? Uh, fuckery of the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was, uh, our, so, yeah, our fuckery of the day topic. So I think we're going to have a, a topic every time we do the fuckery of the day. I think okay. that's a good thing. Like it's it. taking things way too far. Um, I'll tell you what. I got one. All right. <laughs> and when I saw this, I was like, what in the actual fuck? <laughs> so what is it? Canada, a place <laughs> called good old Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons, all right. Um, so there's a woman that uh, was trying to use the restroom facility, I guess, at this particular Tim Hortons. Um, they knew who she is, um, and she was actually denied access to use the restroom. <laughs> they said no you're not allowed to but based on past you have behavior, to do some real shit to not yeah. be allowed to use the right. restroom <laughs> but based on past behavior and uh, quote out of concern for the immediate safety of those in the restroom they would not let her in there to use it <laughs> so this woman was furious and she had to go bad and what I'm gonna tell you right now is solely just fuckery well, it's, it's what it's supposed to be. So, and there is actual video footage of this. Uh, I believe you can see it. I think we should watch it and and do commentary on it. Right. We can look <laughs> at it. I know it. We'll there there is an article on USA Today. It was back from May of this year um, that somebody had actually posted security cam footage of this. <laughs> um, I saw it on YouTube with another guy doing commentary over the video. I saw the same video, and I think we're just going to watch that one because that commentary is brilliant. <laughs> right, and I'll have to leave you a link to that um, once I get it to you. Might might just leave it on the Facebook page for you to see it. Um, we might even share it on the Facebook page for you to see it. But think, it is, it is actually should. incredible. But this woman ain't it. I don't know how other way to put this. Just, just could just say, out. just let it out. Excretes. Just say she shits on the fucking floor. <laughs> <laughs> this lady shits. Okay, just drops trowel shits <laughs> <laughs> on the floor in the middle of this establishment. Okay, while arguing with this cashier, 
and she picks it up, picks up her own shit with her bare hand and threw it at this cashier. Oh my god. Right. Oh, that's just terrible. <laughs> right. But not only that. Not only that. It doesn't end. Keep going. After it gets she better. throws her shit, she actually wipes and then throws that at the cashier as well. Pulls up her pants and just rolls, bounces. I'm out. What the hell I mean, these people to do? Listen, like I, mean, what, I, I understand that she probably you, she probably did some fucked up shit to not be able to use that bathroom. But at the same time, when you got a shit, you're either shitting your pants, or you're shitting on the floor, or you're shitting in the bathroom. Probably prefer to shit in the bathroom if she was trying to. All right, right. Like, but if they're like, nah. But what did you do to make them? Right, I, I want to know what she did. Like, how bad? When I oh when, I, when I worked at the supermarket, uh, I'm not going to mention which one, but when I worked there. There were people shitting in the bathrooms all the time. They would just go in there and shit on the walls. How it got on the walls, it, I mean, <laughs> right, and so it didn't. Toilet, it didn't look. It, it didn't look like they ever like finger painted with their shit. It looked like <laughs> they just like just bent over and shit on the wall, like completely missed the toilet. Oh, well. I'm but not were, sure exactly what was even said. I mean, what did this cashier say? Take your shit and leave. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been what did it, but here's uh here's the video. We had a little incident at the Starbucks. This is the uh, surveillance video. But he calls it a Starbucks. Make, uh, heads and toes of what happened. And again, a little incident. You're arguing. Okay, this is basic stuff. What's the big deal? All right, get the fuck out. You gotta leave. All right, sweetheart, you gotta get the fuck out now. You're uh, disrupting the. Co- Take it easy, fucking crazy lady. Don't get fucking <laughs> whack. What are you doing? All right, just get the fuck out. Just take a fucking... Wa- what are you doing? There she hey, goes. What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? You shit on my floor. What the <laughs> fuck are you throwing this shit now? What the fuck are you doing? You're wiping your ass and you're throwing the fucking napkins. Get the fuck out of my store, you wackadoo. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that that's... Uh, she's special. There's some strange people in this world. Wow. <sighs> I don't know, man. Like, I, I sympathize with her. I'd be pretty pissed if I wasn't allowed to use the bathroom. Again, we don't know her her prior involvement with that bathroom. What she did to, to get banned from... I mean, you gotta do some fucked up shit to get banned from a bathroom. Uh, yeah, I would imagine. Fuckery. So maybe she's one of those, one of those people who shit on the fucking wall. Mm. Nobody wants to clean it up. I know... At the supermarket, dude. I walked down an aisle one day, and there was just a hunk of shit on the floor. So somebody dropped their pants, which you see all the time in these Walmart videos. <laughs> People just drop their pants and shit on the floor. And I walked right by it. I'm not cleaning that shit. Fuck that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think we have more fuckeries. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got one for you. So, a man from Massachusetts did naked yoga in a New Hampshire Planet Fitness, claiming that he thought it was a judgment-free zone. Oh man. I mean when you're when you're thinking of ways to take things too far, I, I think it doesn't get a whole lot worse than that. I mean, I are mean, we talking like bare ass bare ass naked. This dude goes in, he paces back and forth a couple of times, gets on his knees and starts doing yoga positions. You know, just let, just yeah. Just nonchalant, no big deal. Yep. Letting his hammer hang. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All the balls, analogies you can think balls of. Out. Yeah, 
Just not get, a stitch. This dude is in there. Just getting after it. Yep. Just getting after it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh He was arrested and walking out, they they heard him saying, I thought it was a judgment free zone. These companies do it to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like when you say things like that, like yeah, yeah I mean, it's you're satire, asking for trouble. Like, you're leaving it open for them. Right. You're leaving it open for whatever person wants to take the opportunity. Right. I mean, it goes, with my fucker, it's the same thing. So a man uh, sued Red Bull a couple years ago for uh, for Red Bull not giving him wings. <laughs> Motherfucker. Right. I mean, that's that's taken it way too far. Like, you know that that's in satire. You know it's not really going to give you wings. Like, yeah, you can't I mean, be you that can't, fucking right. dumb. You know Take McDonald's so is going to make you fat. Right. Yeah, yeah, everybody's heard that one in the past. The the woman who sued McDonald's for mm-hmm. making her fat. That that's just that's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I understand people just want to make a dollar, but yeah. like their settlement was. Uh, I got burnt by hot coffee. Yeah. Right. Their settlement was like each person gets ten bucks, and so anybody who drank a Red Bull from like two thousand two or whenever the <laughs> start of Red Bull was until two thousand twelve. Did you could sign up proof for the of purchase? <laughs> no. Yeah. You, you usually don't. They'll just... Bro, just I drank there. one of your Red Bulls. It didn't give me wings, bro. <laughs> so, like, the... It's just out there. You just go register. Or you would have, at the time, registered on their website, and then Red Bull would have just sent you 10 bucks or, like, a case of Red Bull. What oh a fucking God. dickhead. Right. And a rich dickhead at that now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he probably got a couple mil straight up and then everybody else gets to get a free case of Red oh, Bull. I think he got 13 million? Uh, no, no. The entire settlement was 13 million. Oh, okay. But still, everybody's just looking for a fucking payday. It's just right. taking a nuts. And I bet you, like, they probably cut some deal like where you know, they're like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll make a settlement but he's got to buy stock back into Red Bull. They couldn't. I mean, that probably would be smart. Of them to do, but it said that the Red Bull settled the lawsuit to avoid the cost and distraction of litigation. However, Red Bull maintains its marking, marketing and labeling and have always been truthful and accurate. They deny any wrongdoing or liability. Right. Which is from stupid standpoint. of them to say that again because it really doesn't give you wings, so they should have said, all right, we'll just change our fucking slogan. <laughs> All right, Red Bull, it gives you wings. Go jump off your house and dry. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. But, yeah, people just like to take things way too far. Absolutely. Unless it gives you bat wings. And if you're a guy, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we're not going to dive into that. That'll be another episode. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not, too. Is that it for fuckery? Yeah, but I do got a joke for you. All right. <laughs> this is a little thing called This Guy Got Jokes. This guy's got jokes. This guy. So I heard this one a little while ago. Makes me laugh every time. If it doesn't make you laugh, then, you know, you have no sense of humor. <laughs> so it's about this adult toy store. <laughs> okay. And... There's Simon already thinks it's funny. Here's right. Toy Store and Giggles. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this brunette walks in, and she's, you know, looking for something new, something to 
you know, maybe spice things up for her. And, uh, you know, she's seeing this whole row behind the counter of, I guess what you, we'll just say dildos. We're just going to use that word. <laughs> oh, so it's that kind of toy store. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, I thought we were talking about something way different. No, so, so I, now, I did, now, I did say adult clarify. toy store. Um, but yeah, she goes in and she's looking and she's like, you know what? I see all these different colors here. She's like, you know, I've, that one's white. I've never had a white one before. You know, how much is that white one right there? You know, the guy behind the counter is like, everything on this row right here is $50. She's like, mm, it's a little steep. But, you know, hey, whatever. I'll take it. So she you know, buys, buys, you know, white dildo, packs it up, leaves. Next person to come in is this redhead that walks in. She's looking and she's looking and she sees this row of dildos behind the counter. And she's like, you know, how much is that black one right there? And he's like, you know, everything on this row right here, man, is $50. She's like, okay, you know, it's a little steep, but, you know, I'll take it. So, you know, he packages it up for her, take it home. She's out of there. Then this blonde walks in. So she's looking, she's looking, and she's like, you know, how much, uh, you know, how much are the dildos on this row right here? He said, everything on this row, ma'am, is $50. She's like, okay, and she's looking, and she's looking, and she happens to look up, and she's like, wow, she's like, i never seen one like that before. How much is that plaid one all the way up there? And he said, oh, that, that toy up there is very special. That'll run you about $350. And she's like, wow, you know. Never seen one like it. I have to have it. She's like, okay, $350, wraps it up for her, and she leaves. So then the boss calls in to see how sales went for the day. Uh, and the guy behind the counter is like, yeah, you know, I sold this white one for $50 off the shelf, this black one for another $50 off the shelf. So he's like, oh, remember your thermos from the top shelf? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it got sold for $350. Oh, that was a good one. Holy shit. That was that was a good one. Oh so speaking God. speaking of dildos, I think we should tell a story. And I think you know what story I'm talking about. Uh the one about the hood of the car? Yeah. So I get back <laughs> the, from the four inch pincher? The four inch pincher. <laughs> I get back from a trip to Atlanta. I meet Vinny, you, you picked me up from the airport, I think. I think you picked me and my mom and my sister up from the airport. After we got dropped off, Vinny and I drove to the city just to drive around, and we stopped by one of the dildo shops down there. We bought a four-inch dildo. We thought it was a bright idea to glue it <laughs> to one of our best friend's cars. I think like we, the hood, like we made a hood ornament out of this dildo. I think we used double-sided tape. Did we? Yeah. Whatever. We stuck it on there somehow. But before we did that, we drew veins on it and we pierced the head of it. Yeah. <laughs> he gets up in the morning, <laughs> drives off to work, is <laughs> driving around, and every time he bounced, like his car hit like a pothole or something, the dildo would be flopping around. <laughs> I don't think he noticed until he was halfway to work, right? It was something like that. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was, you know, quite average size. <laughs> right. <laughs> It was it was definitely a, a funny practical joke. We were much younger, like ten years younger. Yeah, I, be, I believe after that it ended up on our 
drummer's drum set. Uh, yeah, it got passed around. A little yeah, bit. <laughs> it was a used one. Yeah, that little dildo was a whore. <laughs> so, do we have any suggestions for the listeners? Because I think I have one. Go ahead. So, uh, Friday night, I started to watch Castle Rock, which is um, Stephen King show on right. Hulu. Right. And uh, I only watched half an episode, but the best part about it is that it's like a continuation, or it seems like a continuation of uh, Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Because in the first episode, like the, and spoiler alert, but I don't give a fuck because it was only the first half hour of the first episode, <laughs> uh, the prison warden kills himself. And on the, kills himself in his car, and on the bumper, they show Shawshank Prison. Bop, 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 bop. Hold it. Hold. All right, I'm holding it. <laughs> well, we'll cut it right there, just because I don't want to get too in-depth with it. No, no, I won't. There's just this other part that, like, ties it all together. So, like, the next scene is, the, like, the new warden or whoever's taken over uh, coming into the office. And they mention that, like, all the wardens end up killing themselves. And they mention the bullet hole that's still in the wall from the warden that killed himself uh, in the movie. Right. Which is like an awesome tie-in. So I don't know how much it ties into the movie, but it definitely is in that same world. Well, Castle Rock was the town that a lot of Stephen King's uh, right. stories were set in. Right. There were several there. I mean, uh, I've, I've read a, a bunch of Stephen King books, and I love mm-hmm. his writing for sure. Yeah. I think something that uh, might possibly come up through the next is uh, I'd like to also bring up uh, October 6th, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be insane. Yeah, I recommend watching that one. Um, <laughs> we will be watching. Maybe we'll do a podcast on, on yeah, just that I wanna, fight. I want right. to do a poll, too, and see which side are you on. Are, you know, you think Khabib's going to take it? You think Connor, after two years, is still a beast? Or do you think Khabib's going to knock Connor's head off? You know, it's. I want to know. I don't think Khabib's going to knock Connor's head off. I don't think Khabib's capable of knocking Connor's head off. Send me location. Send, but yeah, <laughs> send me location. He's a psychopath. But that doesn't change anything. But Connor's a, a fucking psychopath too. And Khabib doesn't really knock people out. Khabib just he just beats you up on the ground. But like, it's it's an annoyance. Like he's just punching you in the head. He's not getting hard hits. And but we'll talk about it. We might have to talk about this next episode. (laughs) We might have to talk about this as it gets closer. It'll be mentioned for sure. Any other suggestions? Uh, You said you wanted to possibly promote something. Right, right. Um, I'm playing a show September 8th at World Cafe Live under the Grungapalooza umbrella in my band Purple to the Core, which is a Stone Temple Pilots tribute band. Uh if you're into the Stone Temple Pilots and you're into grunge and 90s music, you should definitely come out. Uh, we will all be there. I believe you'll be there, Simon. I will, I will. Yeah. I can also attest to this, too, not just because I'm his friend um, or that I like that style of music, but for um, them guys, you know, especially everybody that does that uh, grunge Palooza set, um, everybody there is purely entertaining. Absolutely. Um, I, and this is a whole different grunge blues. This is the acoustic version. So we're doing the MTV unplugged style. So right. this is a whole this is a whole really new cool show take. from what everybody else has been coming to see. I can honestly say for going to see 
tribute bands, I am very excited. Very, very yeah, for excited. For anybody into acoustic music, I imagine this is going to be a, an amazing night. One person we have to mention is Jason Reed. Chris Cornell tribute. Oh that dude. God. Incredible. Uh, I remember Unreal. watching what him when I first saw him at the Queen in Delaware. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did... Uh, what song did he? What Cornell song did he do? He did a Temple of the Dog song. He did he two Temple. No, he did Say Hello to Heaven too. He did, and that was like super, super emotional. Like for a lot of people there, right? And I guess you know, it, a lot had to do with you know Chris Cornell's death and. Yeah, it was. It was also fairly. Re- I mean, it's still pretty it's recent. Pretty fresh still, but. It was really recent around that time. Whenever that dude sings, it's emotional. Jason Reed does an incredible job. For sure. Super right. unknown. I mean, you should just go for him strictly. <laughs> like, fuck my band. Like, just go for him. It's yeah. worth it. Every He's time. Very talented individual. Yeah, but you can get that. tickets on the World Cafe Live uh, website. And uh, What date was that again? September 8th. At World Cafe Live in Philly. Also, if you feel like making a journey, I'm playing Baltimore August 25th at Ramshead Live. So, that should be fun, too. But I don't think anybody's going to come who I know. <laughs> Is that all we got? Uh, that's it for me. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hollywood Podcast. We out. Peace.